1: Thank you, Vanessa. Breakfast on SEM with thanks to Brighton's lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness. Contact Brighton's lawyers just before we get to Morgan. Uh, Now, Miss I will talk about Patrick Mahomes. How much was it? 50 million? 45 million US a year. Yes. Now, Tony writes this. Tony from Guy Mere, a.k.a. my brother. (laughs) (laughs) He he says um, they actually say it's cheap because it's worth about $10 million US for every home final. So the fact he's going to get them to so many home finals, wow. they say that's quite cheap. Ticket sales, all that. jersey
2: sales, all that. Wow. All that,
1: yeah. So that's what it's they big say business there. business
2: in America, isn't it?
1: Big Massive business. business. You can catch the Six Nations live on Stan Sport. Morgan Turanui is all across that and he's on the line. G'day, Morgan. Morning, gents. How are you? Uh, well, my spies say we're a little bit better than you. Um, were you spotted out on the harbour yesterday?
0: Oh, well, actually, Stan Sport, we're celebrating two years. Oh, so I don't know why we're celebrating a, a longevity that short. And I think it was <laughs> the eighth anniversary of Stan itself, the platform. So I'll tell you what, we must be doing something right because we had a nice night on the harbour, paid for by Stan. So there must be enough subscribers. We must be hitting our targets. I'll,
1: I'll give you a bit of a, an urban, maybe an urban myth, maybe true, Morgan. But do you do you know what Stan, the acronym of Stan is? No idea. So originally, so obviously Channel 9, is the owner of Stan, Mm. but originally when they were putting it together, it was to be 7, 10, and 9, and that's where the name Stan came up kidding? Yeah, there you go. But as it turns out, Channel 9 got the lot, so it should just be called, "Mm." anyway, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Eddie Jones is back, and I know you've been pretty vocal about this, Morgan, around the fact that England may have erred a little bit in his departing contract.
0: Yeah, look, I think I think they will now. They'll know. Maybe they didn't think he would bounce back so quickly and not to someone who they'd probably... I you know, they think there's a 50-50 chance we really play England in a quarterfinal of a World Cup. So I don't think they probably thought that all the way through, thinking that he would bounce straight into a job like that. But I know they've come out since and said, oh, look, morally, we didn't think it was the right thing to do. But I think privately, they'll be absolutely filthy. Yeah, The amount of IP a guy like that has after so long in that England job and also all the dossiers he has on all these Six Nations teams that you mentioned... Uh, it's a really great advantage just from that point of view for Australia to have that sort of guy come back with all the info he has. And, and I'll I tell you what, they just won't want to play Australia. They'll know it'll be personal for Eddie. they know Australia England's huge no matter what sport it is. Um, so that's that's something if it comes on the horizon for England, they'd be worried about.
2: Morgan, Eddie's always been keen on former leagueies. Uh, there's rumours that Vunivalu could be back back in favour.
0: Yeah, I think he's probably the big winner. You look around the playing group, he's probably the big winner. Didn't quite break his way into consistently Dave Rennie's uh, uh, preferred team. I think he got three minutes off the bench at the SCG last year to make his test debut. He's been troubled by a hamstring a couple of times. Done a couple of real solid hamstring tears. But what I would say, with Eddie Jones as Wallaby coach, a fully fit Siliasi Vunavalu is in our World Cup squad. If the strength and conditioning coach can get him right... We've all seen playing rugby league and the, and the moments we've been out of see it, playing for the Reds uh, and even playing for Australia right? a little bit in Japan last year. We've seen flashes of the brilliance uh, uh, since he's come to rugby. And if he gets back to full fitness, that's an X factor guy that can make a real difference in your Wallaby squad.
1: So, Morgan, we have not spoke to you directly, Morgan, around the departure of Dave Rennie and, of course, Eddie coming in. Is, is that the right call by the Wallabies, do you think?
0: Uh, Well, we're going to find out in the next nine months, aren't we? Look, I think – I tell you what, it's harsh. It is harsh. I thought Dave did a really good job in trying circumstances – um, and I think we've already seen with Eddie that, uh, by contrast to Dave, Dave Rennie is a footy coach. He's happy in and around his team, coaching his team. He's not he's not throwing barbs at press conferences, he's not out there, you know, jabbing and jibing with the leagues and the landies and things like that. So when Dave is just a footy coach, then he lives and dies by his win-loss ratio, and it just made him vulnerable. 38% win record is just not good enough, and there's so much context to it, of course. But when Eddie became available, that was it. But you know, the momentum changed and as opposed to be able to wait till perhaps after this World Cup cycle. Rugby Australia thought, he's our man for the future. Uh, Eddie's available now. Let's get him. And look, now, we, now we'll now we see a Wallabies team that maybe if they are successful, I think a lot of credit will have to go to Dave Rennie. But Eddie will bring a harder edge. He'll bring an even better work ethic. Not to say that they weren't working hard. He'll just make them go to the next level. If we're as talented as Eddie believes, and we, we usually believe we're a talented group in rugby in Australia, he'll make them maximise their potential. And I think they'll be a da- Dangerous team at the World
2: Cup. There seems to be something about Eddie as well. The, the moment he was announced as Wallabies coach, rugby's back in the papers. Yeah. People are talking again. But what is it with Eddie Jones? Is it it's like a star power as a coach?
0: Yeah, that's pretty new to be honest. This whole this whole you know, I, I saw him turn up to the Sydney Sevens on the weekend. Yeah, and he did a lot sort of pitch side interview, and little kids were coming <laughs> down for selfies. I've never seen a bloke more awkwardly taking selfies than Eddie <laughs> yeah. Jones. To be fair, but. But that's new. I'm not sure what it is, and I think now it's Eddie Jones after 20 years as a, as an experienced coach. Uh, he was a little bit like Dave Rennie. His first stint as Wallabies coach, he was it was his first international gig, and I suppose. Um, that's what the game needs in Australia. That's the thing about David. It's not as simple as just being a footy coach. You've got to be out there and, and fighting for the game. That's where Rugby Union is in Australia. So I think that's why it's it's a really smart, savvy appointment by Hamish McLennan and Andy Marinos at the top of the tree at Rugby Australia. They get an outstanding footy coach, but they also get a guy who'll pat out and just go out there and mm. just have a, have a bit of a crack for the game itself. He'll defend the game. He's, he's not afraid to publicise the game in any way he needs to. He can make things perfect. When we have inbound tours or we're going to play the All Blacks, he's not, he's not afraid to, you know, to make the front page of the paper, to make you, know, you guys talk about it. When you're talking about multi-sports, suddenly rugby is worth talking about.
2: I've got a theory, Morgan, on, on why he's blown up as a popular figure. Remember the bloke called him a traitor? Uh, when he was coaching England, and he yes. turned around and sprayed him, almost tried <laughs> yeah. to jump the fence and fight the bloke. Yeah. I reckon that almost endeared him to the Australian public and and made him. It certainly went viral on social media, made people much more aware of who Eddie Jones is.
0: Well, here's the thing, right? And this is a conspiracy theory just between you two and I. Mm. Um, maybe maybe that was a setup. Oh, yeah, oh you know, with I like Eddie Jones it. he's a schemer. He's a yeah. maybe he just organised that guy to do it. You know, like he, that's the kind of guy is. Anytime he's says something, we overanalyze. it. What's Eddie mean here? Why did he mention that player and not the other one? We always, I'll never put anything past him, but you're right, that just went, oh, that's that's Eddie, the proud Australian. Um, and, the, and the good thing is we can celebrate his achievements elsewhere, but now it's great to have him do it for our own team. Yeah, I don't mind that. There's been a lot yeah. of
1: ruses in the past, hasn't they? They were saying that Wayne Bennett was purposely going after Ivan Cleary back in the day. Like coaches think beyond, <laughs> not just coaching the team, as you say. Six Nations, of course, Stan Sport have got that covered. Uh, Ireland are the favourites. Uh, Morgan, how do you see that playing out?
0: Yeah, this is an interesting one. The the, the double header Sunday morning Australian time will be huge. Ireland have to go to Wales. Uh, They're going to play with that roof closed in Cardiff, one of the great stadiums in the world, one of the great atmospheres. Uh, If Ireland can get through that Wales game unscathed, which is, that's the great thing about the Six Nations, everything is almost like sudden death rugby. You lose that game first up, suddenly you're chasing the eight ball, you've got to find a way to win elsewhere. If Ireland get through that, the fact that they host the other favourites, France, at home later in the tournament, that will make a huge difference. So they should be favourites. And also France probably... Ireland being ranked first, but I think France are the best team in the world, to be fair. Ireland are ranked first because they went to New Zealand and beat the All Blacks. That helped their ranking. But France have been excellent. Ireland haven't won the Six Nations in five years. So it's not like they're defending champs or should be overwhelming favourites. But France have got some, uh, about six or seven of their best 23 probably out injured to the early part of Six Nations. So that's a challenge for them. Uh, And lots of us are watching to see how Wales go with Warren Gatlin back. Steve Borthwick, of course, is the new England coach. Um, and so there's lots of little permutations and narratives around the Six Nations. And and for people in Australia, I don't think we realise how big the Six Nations is over there. It's it's what, if you're not a regular rugby fan, it's the one thing you watch every year, free to wear. You sit down with your family and you cheer against the, the opposition that you hate. So England versus Scotland this weekend as well is the Calcutta Cup, obviously, centuries old rivalry in terms of countries and now it's on the pitch in the rugby field
2: morgan i just want to pick your brain on one more um, issue i keep seeing this popping up in, in the media uh, it's the tackling below i believe it's below the sternum now they're introducing over in uh, in, in england
0: what are your thoughts mate, on... if only it was sternum mate if only it was sternum i wish what it was what is sternum. it it's below the waist oh. below the waist it's below the waist oh, so look, i don't know how long we've got it it is a long and, and sort of um, a lot of detail to the story. But in essence, it's that it, rugby and rugby league as well, of course, and lots of sports now uh, are so worried about player safety. And truthfully, some of the big groups like the RFU, they're worried about being sued for hundreds of yes, millions of dollars yeah. for not taking care of their players. Uh, but there's been a lot of research go into it. And in essence, really quickly is that the most dangerous tackles are head-on-head. So any tackle uh, above the shoulders is a, can, can result in really bad concussions, right? The next, funnily enough, the next most dangerous place to tackle is from sort of the hips and below, the waist and below. Mm. The safest place to tackle is from, say, the hips to waist up to sternum. Now, that's why the interesting thing is that the RFU are bringing in a rule for all community rugby, the tens of thousands of players that they have at a lower level of the game, not elite, but you have to tackle below the waist. So, in essence, they're saying, let's get way away from that red zone that I mentioned above the shoulder. Let's go all the way down to the waist but they've completely outlawed tackling in the actual safest place for the tackler there is, which is bizarre. So they've the French have done this uh, a couple of times uh, in their uh, amateur levels and New Zealand have done a study on it as well. Uh, look, there's still lots of concussions because it is still a, not a great place to tackle. And you're taking away the best place. If it was me, I, I'd take tackles down to, say, armpit sternum yep. and I'd change it a few of the laws in the game because the other part of it is, especially at the elite level, I don't want to waste you guys time getting too detailed, but there's a huge tactical advantage, especially like our league viewers that are listening. You know how, how much of a tactical advantage it is to take the ball, to tackle up where the ball is. Yeah. So unless you change some of the rules around how the game's played. Yeah. Uh, Coaches are still having to coach their players to tackle around the ball. They're telling them, yeah, don't tackle high. But there's such a small margin for error where the tactical advantage in the game is at the ball height. But if you slip tiny bit too high, we know it's high velocity uh, contacts. If you slip too high, it's really drastic and dangerous. So if we can change some of the laws around uh, attacking players, lowering their body height and things like that in terms of tactically. So make it advantageous to run high, make it advantageous to keep the ball off the ground. As opposed in rugby now, the safest place for the ball player is to get as low as possible close to the ground. If we can change laws, and and I'm happy with an armpit sternum, I just think waist is, I I don't understand the waist height thing. I
1: think think it's astute. I totally agree, Morgan. We appreciate your time for Stan Sport. I reckon around the Bristol's is about the spot too. The armpits is the way to do that. Morgan Turanui, enjoy the afternoon.
0: Beautiful. Thanks, guys. Thanks. I learned something too around that stand thing. Well done. Thanks, Joel.
1: 7, 10 and 9. <laughs> Catch you later, Morgan. Uh, plenty more still to come on Breakfast with Joel and the Missile. All thanks to Brighton's Lawyers. Vossi and Brandy here. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget, you can listen live to the show every weekday morning from 6 till 9. Tune in through 11.70am in Sydney or anywhere in the world through the SEN app.